This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio software helps agencies save time and money by turning the application and renewal process into digitally enhanced online forms. Take all your applications, put them into one electronic form, ha- send that electronic form to your client, and Indio software will populate back to all those applications. Yeah, I'm going to add, um, I was just on the NetView income forum, and somebody had asked a question about Indio, and current user uh, wrote this back. I just copied it out. We are using Indio and absolutely love it. It's a way of automating, managing, and streamlining the application process. Uh, so that's from an actual user. You can learn more about Indio and register for a one-on-one demo at www.useindio.com slash podcast. That's www.useindio.com slash podcast. Welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds, where we help agents and brokers drive profitability through operational excellence. Hi, and welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast. I'm Steve Anderson, along with my co-host, Ryan Deeds. And actually, Ryan, we're uh, together and uh, at the Opryland Hotel in Nashville, Tennessee, where we both have been attending the uh, Applied Net User Conference, so Applied Systems, uh, and their annual user conference is uh, here in Nashville. Nice for both of us, because uh, it's close, we didn't have to travel. So today I wanted to talk about the um, executive management program that is part of the conference. Actually, it's the day before, and you and I both had the opportunity to speak to this group of agency owners who actually paid an additional fee and came in a day early uh, to really spend all day looking at uh, their organizations, learning. Uh, They heard from a a number of people uh, around mergers and acquisitions and around the new kind of insure tech landscape, what's out there. Uh, And you had an opportunity to really talk about operations. So um, I, I thought we'd kind of go through a little bit. We don't have time to do the whole thing. Sure. Uh, but just kind of highlight some of those points. And, and frankly, the first point, maybe the most important point, is uh, data, right? We talked a lot about data on this podcast. And yeah. uh, some, one, you know, we had an early one where we did a, a deeper dive on data, but it really is important enough to talk about multiple times. I mean, I, th- I, think, I think, first of all, EMP was an interesting experience. Um, you know, I had, a, I had a, an opportunity to present there that, that kind of popped up on me, so I didn't have a whole lot of time L- to prepare. A little bit last minute on yeah, you. Was, you, was, and you did a great job stepping in yeah. for a, a speaker who uh, had, a, had an emergency and wasn't yeah. able to, uh, to show up. So, and and it was, it's always cool because I love having the opportunity to talk to agency principals about actual application of technology in their organizations or organizations that, that they are a part of. Because so often we, we don't do that. We, we talk about data conceptually. Everybody knows that you need data. Just in a lot of cases, not everybody knows what that looks like though, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that they need to be more technologically savvy, but it, it, when we have it all the broad brush, so most of my topics and most of my speeches are really about taking it out of that, that, that I call it that esoteric conceptual area 
and bringing it down to the desktop so agency folks can actually understand that. And if I get the opportunity to speak in front of a lot of agency folks, data is the cornerstone. Without data, why do anything? If you can't quantify what you're doing, and I think that this is a systemic problem for us, we have a problem quantifying what we do for our clients today, right? The services that we render, and that's data. That's a different kind of data than we're talking about. But we have to have a much larger systemic view of, of data overall. And so to me, I, I talked to them about data, said, hey, you know, you've got to have, uh, agencies need to have a good data management strategy. It's hard. It takes culture. It takes time. And that's the first step, because if you start throwing solution into a agency without data, how do you know if it's impactful or not? You're running it on gut feeling. You're running it on some kind of weird, convoluted metric that not everybody buys into. With, with having data as a strategy, everybody can get on the same page. Everybody can be conversational in the way that we need to, to what we're calling what numbers. But it does. It takes a strategic focus on data. So we can get our data correct. We can create the audits that we need to for our employees so they know when they've entered stuff incorrectly and they can correct that stuff quickly. You know, to me, I just cannot see applying solution without having some indication of how it moves the needle, regardless of what it is. Well, and again, you know, we talk a lot about, or at least agents are hearing a lot about dashboards, right, and, and some of these kinds of things. And if the underlying data is not of a high quality, the dashboards are irrelevant well, or even worse, providing you wrong information. Well, that's the problem. The, right? the problem is, is we get sold a solution that provides a pretty visualization and the provider says it's easy. Don't worry about it. Just put this in and it's going to work for you. And that's a lie. And it's always been a lie, and which is why, you know, with they, they had a statistic that said, like 78% of all BI projects fail. Well, it's because you don't deal with the underlying data, like you said. You don't sit around at a board table and say, okay, when we're looking at estimated revenue, which many of you may know is written, how do we deal with a five-year policy term, right? Because if we're showing that on an act, if that's an enforced policy and we're three years into the policy term and we aggregate our written revenue, it'll show up as a $50,000, $20,000 policy that's still in force, but we only collected on it first year. So we're overinflating the book. So these, you gotta get really nuanced into your data, the different things that make sense, what numbers mean what, get everybody on board. But I think the first thing is to start the conversation is, today are we, are we data or do we use data to make decisions or do we not? And do we need to get better at it? And if we do, then let, let's start that down that path. Well, and you have a term, um and I may not be remembering any of this correctly, but I believe it was normalizing mm -hmm. language, language, verbiage. language, verbiage. Yeah, that, that yeah. Was, normalizing verbiage is a. And, and explain that. Because I, you know, when you think about a dashboard product, is super easy. I mean, you can literally go into any of these agency management systems, get their data, and throw it out on a dashboard. But if I asked five different people to do that, and they used written, booked, estimated, collected, billed numbers, and each one used a different number. When somebody else consumes that, how do they know what they're looking at? So you got to come in and you got to say, what are the two or three main things that we're looking at? And you're going to take those five words that booked, estimated, all the different words that you have for money in your organization. You're going to distill that down to two or three, as minimum, as little as possible. So for our organizations and the ones that I work with, I like to use booked revenue, what's been collected and invoiced, and 
and obviously collected an invoice is different, but we, we, we look at invoice numbers well, as agency bill. Right? That, that's, right, that's, right. that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. And so, um, and then we have estimated, what do we expect to collect over a year of the policy term? And we do that strategically so we can make sure that we're collecting what we're supposed to collect, right? Everybody builds trust and, but it's a difficult thing to do because you have to have all these conversations about what matters. What do you do? You know, if you're looking at retention, First thing I'm going to ask you, if you say, I've got a great retention report, I say, well, what do you do with bonds? Right? Because right. are you losing, I mean, how do you deal with those? Those are one-hit things. Hey, you know? I was going to say bond is, right. there is no retention. Yeah, so do you Typically. call that out? Right. right. But if you're if you're not calling that out, looking at it as non-reoccurring revenue, then you're probably not doing it right from, from an analytics standpoint. Right. You know? So data as a foundation, data as a strategy, data as a conversation needs to happen. Because you can't judge the next step, which is innovation. And in my brain, innovation at its soul, at the at the lowest level is just how do we solve problems effectively? Once you start the the problem collection, I, I need your problems. At that point, I can go out and start solving those. I mean, there are some individuals that are out there just thinking up solutions that may be innovative, but that doesn't mean that that's the only way to be innovative. You don't have to be Apple or Tesla or Microsoft to be innovative, Amazon. You, you can be super innovative in your shop. And I, and I use this example. If you're using fax machines today and you move to a fax server, you're innovative. You save a little time. Mm -hmm. And so innovation is a subjective thing. It's where do you stand today and do we want to get better tomorrow? And are we willing to, like, like we'd indicated in a session before, are we going to incentivize that? Are we going to build that? Are we going to groom that culture? Because I, I think of it as a little plant that you've got to water and give sunshine to and love on it. And, and it's really easy for somebody to come and stomp on it, you know, and kill that little plant. Because now that we have data and we have our problems, so we have our baseline information. With, what's our current state look like in data? This is our quantified productivity as it stands today. Now we've got our list of problems. These are the things that are keeping us from being operationally excellent. These are soul-sucking tasks that our account managers and our other people in the organization have brought up and said, I don't like this work. This work is not my best work. I, I, I think we can do this smarter. Now I, we can, I have to interrupt you on that one. I just I do love that phrase, soul-sucking tasks. Because yeah. every account manager and many transaction stuff that we have to do kind of fall into that area. And what can be done to remove it? That's right. Make it better. You know, get rid of that, or or move it someplace else. That's right. Or have someone else do it, so your staff can do what you say they do, which is provide advice and help to to your client base. But they get stuck in all of this transaction hell that's right that they hate and I mean I think it's so funny because when I think of that what I think about immediately is the strategic advantage of a company that is consistently looking at those soul-sucking tasks and peeling that off versus a company that doesn't who retains employees better who has better engagement with their employees whose employees are happier to come to work whose employees are empowered um, so now that I have my list of problems I got my data now I can go look at some solutions that are out there and, and, and you call those box box products. Box products. That's right. These are so you know you and I've been around a little well. But some people <laughs> right. might not realize right. that software did actually 
get sold in a box. It did. You know, they had all this packaging around this little disc. That's right. right? That's right. The box products. Yeah, box products. You can buy it off the, the shelf. shelf. Take it home. You, you put your floppy in. And yeah, you, it's your CD if you're That's little, right. not so old. Oh, floppy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> they come on like 17, you know. You have to sequentially do it. But no, yeah, so I think box, as I think about box product, because to say you go look at InsureTech is not fair. I think, first of all, InsureTech is just a word, right? Some people get really caught up on the word, right, InsureTech. I think that all that is is, a, is a, it's an easy-to-say word that means technology companies that are dealing with the insurance space. I don't think there's any connotation to take over the world or any financial weirdness, right? It's just right. InsureTech. It's, it's an easy way to say it. But those are not the only solutions that are out there today, right? Those are the solutions that are crafted specifically for problems in our organizations. But there's a lot of other products that are out there that are going to be software as a service product, mm -hmm. right? right? But it's a solution that you go to, you pay some money, you start using it, you may do some customization and it works for you, yep. right? Yep. And so that's, that's as I think of a good way to encapsulate all of that, it's a box product. Not only because I used to buy it in the box, but I can literally take that box into my organization, plug it in, and it, and and it, it starts solves a problem. problem. Exactly right. correct. It solves the problem you were... With a minimal amount of effort, no development, you know, it, it works. But... There's there's a trap there because again we underestimate how difficult it is to get solutions to get in place. It, and, and and again I believe you said technology seldom fails. That's, Implementation of the technology often fails. Oh, more often, yeah. And and I literally was in a meeting on Sunday when somebody had said, I can't find a CRM worth a damn. It, I, I've been through my agency's been through five CRMs and they are all terrible. And I, 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 I could not be quiet because <laughs> I, what a surprise. it was so like just because that's where we get the problems. We don't look at root cause. I'm like, wait, you went through five CRMs that other organizations have been able to net value out of and it failed you. What's the commonality there? Right. Where's the common point? I mean, and so but that's what technology does. It muddies the water. It takes our eye off the ball. Because really what he probably was saying was I have an accountability and a culture issue that I cannot penalize individuals for non-compliance. Right. Right? Because you are not, you are not you're dictated by your culture. You dictate your culture. Right? If you allow well, Betty. Well, you always have a culture whether you have dictated it or, or you, someone else. Exactly has. correct. But so often I think we feel like we're victims of our culture. But to me, that was, that is a key indicator. Well, that, that, I could just say, what do you hear that that's a key idea or, or a trigger to I love you, your comments correct what's the common indicator there it's the agency that's right and it's the organization yeah and so what what have they done or not done but because they don't look at that it because we constantly throw technology at problems it allows the agency principal to say that it is a technology issue because that's what they've been focused on trying to get working right so now my focus is off becoming operationally awesome and fixing a product that becomes the issue. And that's my biggest, that's my biggest challenge with that is a lot of times I just don't feel like we're real honest with ourselves. So at the end of the day, that, that when you have the product and you evaluate the product and you know what's out there, it's going to take you longer. It's harder than we expected, mm -hmm. right? But there's a lot of great stuff out there. One of the ones that I, I had showed was that form site product. Um, which I had an account manager come to me and say, hey, I wish there was an easier way to create, build, collect builder's risk data. And that's all he said. We kind of kicked it around. He showed me the form he used. It was a PDF that he would send out. They would print it out. They put it on there and it's in the back. And he said, there's got to be an easier way. 
that curiosity you talk about, yes. right? Got to be an easier way. Got to be an easier way. That's great right. Great question to ask. And he had an IT department that was a partner of his that he felt comfortable enough to say, "Can we help?" Yeah. Right. Help. Uh, That's right. Can we do this better? Yeah, exactly. And so went out, looked around. There was a product called Formsite. There's a million of them, so it's not an endorsement of Formsite, but it's what we used. Well, and I, I think you actually said, you know, sort of the first one that came up in search, right? That's so exactly sometimes correct. Sometimes that's the criteria. I, I was like, Form Data, <laughs> you know, website, and I think Formsite came up. I clicked on it, and the way that I evaluate products is not how is this product marginally better than that product. I really say, does this product satiate my need? And the first one I find, I go with. You know, if I have my, but I have to lay out the core things that I need to have. Right. And then as soon as it hits that, I'm going to go with that product. Yeah. I, I don't care how much better X product is or Y product because it's about how I use it. Yeah. Right. So once we've done our evaluations, once we've checked all that, we've got that, and say that we couldn't find the solution to the problem. Now we have to go to APIs, right? We have to take a look at APIs. Right. We have to. And so, you know, again, so box solutions, you know, have gone away. Yep. We now have platform solutions that's correct that that actually allow extremely more flexibility because they can talk to each other right and that's through APIs that's Again, right we have a whole episode on API so you know we won't go deep dive in that if you're interested more about it go listen to that episode but a real key piece of now okay how can I bring separate platform solutions together to create Maybe a whole new process or product for the organization. Absolutely. So, so describe. Um, well, I think two. Describe two. One is you created a mashup mm -hmm. of APIs. Yep. Where someone can send yeah. an email to, um, and I'm thinking the SIC. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. and, and actually, I'm gonna yeah. So, so Friday night. That's what I do. It was. It was it was Friday. Yeah, I just the got home. Part of you just I, comes out on Friday. Dude, night. I was so stressed. I've been moving around and I've been traveling away from my family. So Friday night, I'm at my, I'm in my recliner. My laptop is right there, and I'm like, and then, and then, ask Kodiak, throw something on LinkedIn saying, "Hey, we have a build contest. Build something cool." And they put out a new Node uh, API. But I was like, "All right." Okay, I've been, so, so stop. Ask Kodiak. I know you get there, but. They're a they're vendor. A, they're a vendor. They're an insure tech vendor that's specific goal is to help you centralize your marketing in an agency. So and so they'll create kind of an appetite guide for you. Okay. But through that process, they've created some free tools for agencies, and one of those is an SIC code. Okay. So they have an API. They have an API. That's open. That's open. Right. That allows you can access no charge to it. Right for Until this. you get to a certain point. That's for this for this SIC code thing. They actually allow you to leverage it. However you want. However you want. Um, and so I thought, okay, for an account manager that's sitting at their desk, when they get an AP, when they when they have an SIC code need, they typically go to a couple different websites. And I thought, man, how would if I could push them to ask Kodiak? Ask Kodiak has a very comprehensive SIC code list, but it's divergent from their typical workflow. I said, well, they're in email all the time. I said, okay, why don't we just have them email the word, and ask Kodiak will email them back the SIC code list and the definitions, right? And so that's what I built Friday night. Um, it's put it together. Yeah, in your recliner. In my recliner. You're, you're de-stressing. I am de-stressing. That's exactly <laughs> right. I was looking for normal again, you know, and, and I just wanted to build something. And so I threw that together. I think I passed out about 2 o'clock. I was going back and forth with the Ask Kodiak guys uh, just to get a few things worked out. So you programmers are late night owls, right? Uh, we are. We are. 
But I mean, th that, that think about that. That operationally, if you were going to use that, and I mean, you could use it right now. It's sic at simpletext.com. Spell out simpletext. dot com. There's no, there's actually no data collection on that whatsoever, right? I, just because I built it so fast, I have no idea who sent what in or anything. It just automatically hits them and sends it back to, to the person. Um, but it was a really quick win, and I thought that I, I got some positive feedback from it, so that was cool. But that's what an API allows you to do. It allows you to integrate those tools that may you may fail in box product to implement because maybe the box product doesn't conform to the current flow as effectively. You can bring that API in and conform it specifically to the way that you want to use it that's the most effective for your end users. And it really is not that dang on hard. I mean... There are tools out there like a Zapier that we can leverage to leverage APIs, but if we don't have that skill set internally, and that was kind of the next step, was if we don't have the ability to create and take care of APIs in our organization Inter yeah, internally, know, internally, internally, right? Then there are options. Yeah, because what struck me as awesome at EMP, and this is what I see in agencies. Super. So, so EMP was the the meeting here at Applied Net that right. we spoke at. What was awesome about that is. We had competitive agencies that want to win, that know that they can, they just don't know how to. They're not afraid to spend resources, they're not afraid to try new things, they just want to do it in a logical, progressive way that, that makes sense. And those folks that were at that seemed to be on the high end of that. You know, they, they were really trying to get better as organizations. And so that that's so exciting to have those folks in that room as an audience to try to, because I think that a lot of them will take some of this information back. I know they will. And, and start working through it. Yep. And so if, if you take a person with a 10 person agency, there's no way they have a coder involved. Generally, that's going to be a very expensive thing because they're going to go get a consultancy. The consultancy is going to come in. They're going to spend all this money. Maybe well, they'll get something. They'll never there. do it. Right, I mean, right. Be, right. Just, they just won't. But now with platforms, you're able to get workers wherever you want. And I use a platform all the time called Upwork. Upwork.com, you go there, you say, hey, I need a Salesforce developer for these three projects. And within two hours, you'll have a whole bunch of people bid on your job. What from I think is- anywhere in the world. From anywhere, now you can, you can specifically- You can specifically say- That's right. Keep it in US or- Hell, I only want it in Chicago because I want to go find a Chicago content creator that's going to generate blog posts for this demographic area. Yeah. Right, for this geographic area. And they would only find people that, that were there. Yep. So, but you could also open that up to the world. So depending on what you, if you're a finance, if you're looking for somebody to help you with your finances, you'd probably want an American that knows insurance, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. But if I'm looking for a coder, I just need you to know the coding language and I need to be good at being able to break down the need for them. You need to be able to real explain That's very right. specifically what you're looking for. Which is why your skill set changes quite a bit in that role because you start to break down the business requirement to kind of a technical requirement that those individuals can do for mm -hmm. you. Um, but I will tell you this, I've gotten great, because I, I hear different feedback from American developers on Upwork. And the Upwork guys that I've worked with, uh, some of them, I, I have, I, they've, they've been life changers for me. They really have been. They're, they're, I've always had good experiences. But I'm, I'm slow to hire and quick to fire on Upwork. Mm -hmm. You know, if they don't hold up their part of the bargain, they're out of there because there's too many options. Too many options? Yeah, I'm just right. gonna keep rolling. Too many options. 
So the and I think the last thing that we the just last, yeah the last thing was communication. That's right. That's right. And multi-channel. Yep. And I think from kind of a buzzword or you know but omni-channel communication. Omni, right. What I think is funny is when we think omni-channel, so often we think external. Mm-hmm. We think client-facing. Yeah. And I think that it's it's a it's an employee-facing world, right? With where our unemployment is today, with with how hard it is to attract people. You got to think about your internal communication mechanisms as well. And I and it's interesting because I've had agencies call me and say, "Oh my god, somebody in our agency started a Slack team and and they invited all the people, but we have no corporate control over it." Well, you don't want to be that person. You don't want to be in that that organization. You want to be ahead of that curve, you know? And so if you have a uh, employee base that wants to have collaboration tools as a communication strategy, you better bring it in because they're going to bring it in if you don't, right? That shadow IT thing. Mm-hmm. And so, but I think typically when we talk communication, omni-channel communication, we talk texting, we talk video, we talk social media, we talk any way that our clients want to interact with us, we're going to interact with them. I just think it has a huge operational advantage if you think about how those technologies can reduce friction internally as well. Right. You know? Yep. Um, and again, speed, which speed. we've talked about multiple times. That's right. How to be able to get stuff done quickly. Yeah. Uh, and email, frankly, is a poor internal communication. I, I like email to be actionable. And so when, when I bring, if I bring in a tool like Slack, I'm going to have some kind of quantifiable that says, or Teams, that says, I'm going to see email reduction of this percentage, or maybe this wasn't worth it. You know, because if, and people always say, well, if it's not an email and it's Slack, what's the difference? The difference is if email is my actionable items from outward facing individuals, does it increase my customer, my ability to focus, my ability to get my job done the most effectively? If all the, because right now email is used for everything. So I've got culture stuff in there. Hey, it's Ron's birthday. There's cake and bagels in the break room. And this client has this really important need that has to be taken care of right now. Right. How the hell do I prioritize? I'm going to the cake first, right? I'm going to pick up a bagel and I'm going to come back and I'm going to see that she also needed help 30 minutes ago that I missed. Yeah. Right? And so I think that if you can strategically allocate how that works and you have your communication internal using one of those platforms, that's a good thing. If, if you guys aren't figuring out how to do video in a couple of years with your clients, I think that's a big thing. Yeah, and I, I think you've got to strategize on that. Um, but yeah, those were the main tenets that I talked about. I thought that the the whole program was awesome. It was really cool to be there with a, a good group of people. And they teed it up so perfectly because they talked about how internal perpetuation oftentimes was hindered by a lack of technology. Technology, yeah. Tom Doran from Reagan Consulting yep. did a presentation, M&A, and uh, you know, kind of where agencies are in and best practices. And uh, so, yeah, I, you know, I felt the same way. I had the opportunity to to close and uh, really, you know, kind of put together what I call a roadmap or a strategy for, you know, here are steps and, you know, we'll talk about that in, a, in another episode, but, you know, wrapping up for them in terms of, okay, lots of information here, now what can you do? How do you, right. how do you take things, you know, back to the organization and, and work on implementing, prioritizing, um, and, and figuring out what you need to do next. And get it the done. customer's not gonna wait. That's right. Right? And neither is your competition. Neither is your competition. Everybody is moving. Everybody is moving. So I, my, my last slide uh, was, a, was the quote, if it can be done, it will be done. Yep. And if you don't do it, somebody, somebody else, else will. will. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely.
Ryan, great conversation. Thanks again. Uh, thanks for sharing those thoughts. And again, let me ask if you enjoy the podcast, uh, go ahead and wherever you happen to download it from, leave us a, a review, uh, a rating, and uh, that helps us uh, show up a, a little better in those search algorithms. If other agents are looking for uh, information on how to make their organization operationally excellent, uh, that's what we're trying to do. So give us feedback. Uh, we'd love to have it. Uh, any questions or comments you might have, let us know. Absolutely. Ryan, thanks. Thank you, Steve. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. This has been another episode of the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds. Send us your questions and comments, and if you like what you hear, leave us a review. This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio Software helps agencies save time and money by turning the application and renewal process into digitally enhanced online forms. To learn why over a thousand agents use Indio, go to www.useindio.com/podcast.